A question for you. Do you or a member of your team need to be trained on the new European medical device regulation? Then register to the Green Belt Certification Program. Multiple sessions are available. Check at easymedicaldevice.com GB. And don't forget to use the promo code POD2022 to get 10% discount. P-O-D-2022. Okay, talk to you soon. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy Podcast. I am Munir Alazuzi, a medical device expert specialized on quality and regulatory affairs. My mission is to help you learn how to place a compliant medical device on the market. For that, I share with you my experience and the one of others on this podcast. Are you ready for your dose of regulation and standards today? Okay, so let the show begin. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. Here is Munir Lazuzi from easymedicaldevice.com. And today we'll talk about online selling, online products. So I know that you are all using those online platforms where you are buying your products, maybe furniture for your home or anything, but you can also buy some medical devices. So let's talk about that because um, there is a, a phenomenon that happened. I don't know why, but since the 26th of May, 2021, Uh, I got, and many of my also colleagues uh, got a lot of calls from people that are selling products online. And they say, oh, we are, we have a problem. We have a problem. Can you help me? And when we listen, it's always the same story. So we wanted to talk to you about that uh, and to help you also to go over this uh, situation and maybe to understand what, why this is happening also. So uh, for that, I have with me uh, Michael Weatherington from uh, medicalregs.com. So uh, Michael uh, was on a podcast previously and uh, he's now here to help us to understand this situation because he's one of my colleagues that has also this, this problem. So Michael, wel welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. Thank you, Monir. Glad to be uh, back again on your pod podcast and hopefully uh, we can uh, help out uh, many of your viewers regarding exactly. online sale. Yeah. So, uh, so just maybe for, for people that uh, don't know you, can you tell us more about you, who you are, what you are doing, and what is medicalregs.com? Sure. Uh, so I'm Michael Weatherington. I, I founded medicalregs.com. And the company offers a variety of services, uh, regulatory across different markets. We also provide medical device R&D uh, consulting as well, because my background comes from a medical device R&D environment as well. So... So it's a little bit of everything, and, and we primarily target major markets to help customers uh, enter the markets, FDA, Canada, Europe, UK, and so forth. ASEAN is one of our uh, biggest uh, yeah, it's, service it's, it was the topic as well. Of, it was the topic of yeah. our podcast, was ASEAN, yeah. so just to talk about this one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so like, like Munir said, uh, late last year or last quarter of last year, we've been getting a lot of queries about... Uh, devices being sold on Amazon. Oh, our product got suspended or we got a notice. What do I do? So, you know, we get a lot of that call uh, from, you know, suppliers from overseas and, and, and selling products across Amazon. So, uh, so I thought, you know, Monir and I would uh, put some perspective, I guess we can exactly. answer everything on, on a podcast, but uh, it's driving a lot of people crazy. You know, they're in the panic mode just based on what we sense just talking to them. And a lot of these suppliers don't have no knowledge whatsoever of regulatory. So now they're facing it. So uh, we want to provide as best information as we can in this uh, short podcast for you. Yeah, no, I think it's, it's, it's clear because, uh, yeah, as you've said, most of the people that we are talking with, 
um, never understood really the regulatory or quality part of uh, medical devices. But now they are, are kind of obliged uh, to, to look at that. Uh, and we'll, we'll focus today, I think, on, on two regions, so US and, and EU. Um, and it's nearly the same in both regions. Um, we have in the US, um, we have some, some requirements for medical devices on online marketing also, online sales. And um, what are they? So do you, do you, can you just make us a brief explanation of uh, what is the requirements for US companies or platforms like uh, Amazon, et cetera, for, for regarding medical devices? Yeah, for, for U.S., it does not discriminate or pick and choose what form of uh, platform you choose, whether it's on retailers, hospitals, or uh, pharmacies that you sell your devices on. Uh, the fact of the matter is, if it's a medical device, it's within the scope of the reg FDA's regulatory requirements. You have to meet those requirements, whether you're selling it on Amazon or somewhere else or some physical location within the United States, you still have to classify them. You still have to follow the uh, regulatory path based on your classification. So there's, there's really no distinction whether you're online or offline uh, when it comes to the FDA. Um, of course, if, if the medical device is going directly to a consumer, let's say it's a home healthcare device, uh, then you don't necessarily need an import, importer like you would if you were bringing in large numbers of medical devices for distribution throughout the, the U.S. market. So a lot of that, when you make a purchase online, you're already addressing the customs taxes and so forth. So the end consumer or user becomes actually the importer of that medical device. Yeah. So, so that is just one small distinction. But uh, regulatory-wise, it doesn't matter whether you're selling it online or offline. If it's class one, class two, class three, you have to meet those requirements respectively. And, and you have also to have, uh, if you are coming from outside of, of the U.S., for example, uh, you have to also to have kind of an authorized representative in the U.S., right. uh, which is called the U.S. agent. So what is this function again? Yeah, the, the function of the U.S. agent is it's really not much different than that of the EU AR. It's basically, you as a foreign company, you have to have a representation, local representation within that market. So because FDA does not have jurisdiction over the foreign manufacturer, right? So you have to have somebody locally that they can talk to and communicate on your behalf. So they're like a, a communication medium between the manufacturer foreign manufacturer and the authorities, in this case, the FDA. And, and U.S. agents can help you register your establishment and list your devices with the FDA as well. So okay. that's so, primary the, the role of that the U.S. agent. So, so um, do, do we have in the U.S. Uh, some inspections maybe of platforms for checking that they are following the rules or this kind of thing? So do you think the FDA is doing those kind of checks? No, I don't think that the FDA um, has the resources to check every supplier of medical devices being sold on, on major platforms. But the platforms themselves, such as Amazon, as an example, they do have policies for, for uh, offering medical devices on their platform. So when, when you accept that agreement between, between that uh, platform and, and yourself as a seller, you're basically saying, I comply with the regulatory requirements for that respective market. So you can truthfully say, yes, you, you did or, or not. That's up to you. But eventually, the, the, the surveillance, uh, you know, as you already know, has increased quite a bit, the activity for surveillance, that eventually Amazon or someone will eventually uh, catch, up, catch up with you 
or even your competitor can tell on you or whistle blow on you because they spent a lot of money trying to meet the regulatory requirements. But on the other hand, you, you're not you're just disregarding it. So I'm going to tell Amazon that you're not in compliance. So it could, you know, that that's another way of policing it, I guess, uh, for those non-compliant devices that are being sold online. So it's either the platform itself will get you or your competitors will tell you, uh, will, will tell on you basically. Yeah. So, so in, in, the, in Europe, it's, as, as we said, nearly the same. Um, you can sell your medical devices online unless it's prescribed, then you have to have a prescription before you can, Uh, get get those products. Yeah, um, the, and, and you, is it the same in the US? So you have also some kind of uh, uh, authorization only if you have prescription also, like Eric's. I think there is an Eric's on it or something like that. Yes, the prescriptions uh, designated by the RX. So you can't just buy it online uh, as you, as if you're just buying any other item or product. So you need a prescription to to be able to purchase that. Okay, and. Um, In Europe, we have also the same rule, as you said, that um, uh, if you sell to um, manufacturers, to uh, direct consumers, there is no need of an importer. Normally, when you come outside from Europe, you need an authorized representative like the US agent and an importer. But if you sell directly to the end consumers, uh, there is no need of an importer. And this is mainly mentioned on the blue guide uh, of the, the, the CE marking. So uh, just mark CE marking blue guide on Google and you'll find it. And there is a specific place on the importer paragraph where it talks about that specifically of if you are targeting directly EU consumers or users, uh, there is no need of uh, an importer for that. So this is, uh, if I can say, um, uh, a good thing. But one, one question I get a lot from people that are contacting us is, oh, but I was selling my products in Europe, for example, um, since 20 years or 10 years or some, some years. And it was fine. Nobody asked me anything. Uh, but now... My, the platform are starting to ask me my declaration of conformity, my uh, documentation that uh, labels contain this, contain that, etc. So what's happening? I mean, this is the question. What's happening there? I say, yeah, mainly we had MDD, which had not a lot of requirements for economic operators. Like, as I said, just look at the environmental uh, control, like transport conditions, storage condition, to now... Um, check the declaration of conformity, check the U-damage registration, check the labels, check the authorized representative, check, check, check. I mean, uh, a lot of checks. So uh, is, is this something that you also noticed uh, from, from your customers? Yes, I, because of the increasing uh, you know, market surveillance, it's, it's causing a lot of hysteria, I should say, with a lot of these suppliers who've been marketing or selling their products for decades, like you said, So now they're scrambling for, for uh, information. How do I comply with the EU MDR? How do I comply with the US FDA and so forth? So uh, they don't, they're not aware of what's really required, even though as a class one, for example, that, that there's still documentation that you need to meet yeah. as a manufacturer exporting to, to, your, to, to the EU, as an example. So I, I get a lot of that and, and they get, really overwhelmed by the things that I, I share with them because, you know, it's not something that, that happens overnight, it, especially if you have no knowledge of prior experience or regulatory, uh, irrespective of market. Uh, so we, we really have to hold our hands and educate them at the same time on the steps that's necessary for you to enter the EU market, even though you're selling your products online. Uh, same thing with the U.S. and, and Canada. So that's, that's what we're getting. 
So uh, it's in terms of um, <clears throat> customers. So as you said, they are coming to you. I suppose they are not coming to you voluntarily. It's just that they are obliged to come to you because the economic operators are telling them, I need this, I need that. So I need that document. So where can I get that? And then they start to uh, reach out to some consultants uh, for that. So did you have any kind of uh, customers that maybe where you start to dig on their products, there are more and more issues that are raising here? Right. I mean, I'll give you, I'll give you an example of a customer that we have. Uh, they're trying to enter the U.S. market with their hot-selling uh, first aid kits. Okay. Uh, so so what, uh, they don't seem to understand, at least some don't understand, that the regulation says that if you're selling a first aid kit, all its contents, however many they are, or different variety of medical devices, they have to comply with the respective regulations. So, yeah. so as we dig deeper inside the kit, <clears throat> excuse me, we're finding that you know some some devices that, uh, are class one, some are class one that requires 510K and, and GNP, some are class two, like a CPR mask, a vinyl glove is a class one. Uh, that requires 510K and GMP uh, requirements. So, so to them, the whole kit was just class one, which is a very bad misconception because the, the regulation says that the contents of that kit has to be uh, in compliance with the respective regulations. So you can have class one, class two. You may have a, a different combination, a class one with uh, that are exempt across the board, a class one that may not be 510k exempt or GMP exempt. So, uh, so what we're doing is dissecting each individual uh, device inside their kit and and identifying their classification and pro code or product code based on the FDA and identify the regulatory path that they need to take and other documentations uh, that they need to uh, develop in order for them to say that yes, we have met the requirements for that uh, type of device. So, although the majority are class one, but You know, I, I think it's a an easy default for most that if it's class one, I don't have to do anything. Yeah. Don't forget, even a class one has general controls requirement within the FDA. So, so it, it, you can't say zero documentation needed. There's always going to be documentation, even just for general controls like post market surveillance, incident reporting procedures, etc. Right. So yeah, so that's what we're finding, and a lot of them don't have any. Uh, ideal, what, how to start it, uh, what are the required elements for me to comply with my class one or two devices. Uh, so we're, we're having to guide them, identify what, what path is best for them and guide them along the way. But I, we do tell them that it's not going to happen overnight. Some of yeah. these, uh, some of these uh, requirements will take some time. Uh, that you may not even be aware that are requirements, you know, like transport and storage conditions, your shelf life. How do you know? Uh, did you randomly pick three-year shelf life? Or did you actually verify that through some accelerated aging test? So which could impact your safety and performance or, or, or effectiveness, right? If, uh, if, if that's not being stored properly uh, in the right conditions. So those things are very important when it comes to the safety and uh, effectiveness of your device. Yeah, and so, um, yeah. I, I suppose there is also the the kind of uh, a surprise in terms also of uh, uh, the time. As you've said, it's not like just a, a form to fill and to send to the authorities. 
there is a dossier like 510k, there is a quality management system for GMP, there is a surveillance to put in place. So um, it's also a budget, I suppose, for, for that. So it's not like uh, it will come overnight. It's not also like it will be free of charge to do that. Free, it's not, it's, it's first you are paying a consultant maybe to help you for that. But you have also to pay the FDA because if you go for a 510k, there is also an, uh, some fees within the FDA. So uh, when you start to talk about a first aid kit that maybe costs 5 to $10 and then uh, you have to do all that, I suppose there is this balance to say, should I continue to sell that? Or do you think, uh, I mean, do they have this kind of, of, of ID? Yeah, you know, I guess for small price items like this, it, it, it makes you... As a supplier, it makes you contemplate the idea of making an investment to meet regulatory, right? However, if you may be looking at it from the long term, and this is a hot selling uh, product for you online, that if you are to do your calculations right, your, your projections, income projections or revenue, you might say it may be worth the investment today, uh, you know, $20,000. And then, you know, in the next 10 years, I can make X number of dollars. So it'll clearly, you know, recuperate my investment. Uh, but yeah, there's that default thinking that, you know, my price is a small value. I mean, my product is a small value that is it really worth for me, uh, you know, investing 10K or 20K US dollars to, to be in compliance with the FDA? Well, that's, that's, that's an answer they have to themselves based on their business model and, and, and growth that they have to answer themselves. Uh, but, but certainly... There are but people I, out there who just completely ignore it, right? Uh, it's yeah. too much money. I'll just take the risk and continue until somebody takes me down or, or takes me out of the platform or, or finds me. Uh, yeah, this so. is also the idea to say, okay, I will just sell until somebody stops me. And uh, uh, as you said, that uh, there is a competitor that maybe says, oh, the, this guy is not following the rules and you have to kick him out, etc." So it's... Uh, it's something that can happen here. Um, there is also, for example, for Europe, um, as I've said, we have also some customers that are coming for, for Europe. Uh, we have a lot of Amazon now that has also in Europe some policies for medical devices and ask, uh, can you send me this document like declaration of conformity or that, uh, or we will stop the shipping of your products. So it's also that. And as you've said, they are calling us and saying, oh, can you help me? We should not stop the delivery. So can you give me the document that they ask me, et cetera? And uh, yeah, and this is always the same thing. As you've said, when people are not knowledgeable about the process, they think it's just a formula to fill. And when we tell them, okay, do you have those testing for like uh, biocompatibility testing? Do you have uh, uh, this uh, risk analysis? Do you have this uh, whatever document that is needed, etc.? And they say, no, no, no. I say, what can I do for you then? Because you have first to have that before I can build the technical file or before I can show that you are compliant, etc. Um, which makes the discussion really difficult because they are, as, as we say, in a panic mode to say, my God, my God, I need to sell, continue selling or I will lose a lot of money. And they are in a mode where I say, okay, but it will take maybe three months to get all that and to finalize all this. Three months is too, is too, is too long, et cetera. Yeah, but if you continue to overthink, overthink, 
It will maybe take nine months because then you will go from maybe to another consultant that will tell you exactly the same thing. Because it's not like we have, it's not like there is a negotiation. Right. <laughs> it's not like there is a negotiation. I say, oh, if I go to this consultant, you will maybe have another idea. No, it's, I can show you it's written black and white on the regulation. You have to have that, that, and that, and that. It's not like there is a, a discussion or, or we are negotiating some something. No, it's written that. So if you want that, I can help you, but it will take maybe two to three months for, for getting that. Um, exactly. So the other thing about class one, you've said that earlier there is some issues with class one. Is also about sterile uh, class one that are sterile. So do you have a story about that? Yeah, again, going back to class one, there's this at least with the online sellers, uh, they have this misconception that because it's class one, I don't have to do anything else. I don't have to submit. Uh, to anybody else, a third party or an authority. So they have that perception uh, just because it's class one that, you know, it doesn't require much effort or expense for me. But uh, as you pointed out, sterilized devices in the U.S. requires a, uh, what is class one? Uh, it requires additional step, just like in, in the EU, a notified body needs to look at your, your, uh, that section of the sterilization process and validation of, of that. So I think we work at a lot of these suppliers that are newbies to regulatory that just because it's class one uh, doesn't mean it's, it's completely hands off. And I think over the years or decades, there's that conception that, Okay, even though it may lean towards class two, I'll just classify it as class one because there's there's not much to do that that perception. So that's where they get in trouble because they're you know they're defaulting to class one, uh, where in fact it may not be class one or it's a class one, but it does require a five ten k or and or a GMP. So although most class one are exempted from five ten k and GMP, but there's a few class ones that you you have to take additional steps. Yeah. That requires the the FDA's intervention per se, or at least uh, assessment. So, so I, in I think, terms of, in terms of in terms of in terms of solution now. So I mean, we talked a lot about the problems and and, and things. So, what would you advise maybe those manufacturers? So what they should do? I mean, um, I what I hope is that the, the, uh, just maybe a clarification. Uh, the, the the discussion we have now is not to blame the, those people because. Uh, they, they are coming in panic mode and this and that, and it's crazy, etc. No, the idea here today is to explain to you um, what is the situation, why there is this situation. And before you go to a thing to say that, oh, it's easy, I will just contact somebody and it will solve the issue. No, there is a big process that goes ahead, but more quickly you go to this process, better it is. So what is this process of, I can say, or what is the solution for them? What, what, what they should go, what is the different stages, if I can say, they, they should go for? Yeah, I think uh, more and more online suppliers of medical devices are, are recognizing that uh, there's uh, an increase in surveillance from online platforms, as well as, you know, your competitors are, are keeping an eye on you as well. So I think that is becoming more uh, prevalent or apparent to most suppliers. But the, the issue would be is that since they have little or no experience with regulatory, you really have to spell it out to them. They cannot talk between RAs would talk with each other, right? You can't make assumptions that you know, I'm sorry, that you know the terminologies of regulatory. So you have to, you have to take your time and, and hold their hand yeah. uh, and, 
and these are the this is your classification these are the steps that you need to take and take it step by step don't overwhelm them overwhelm them with a bunch of information because they will just get more confused and panic uh, even more so take the time to lay out this is a good time to start now don't wait till somebody catches you or tells on you if you want to continue selling the action to take is today and plan that out plan your regulatory strategy if you're selling across multiple markets Plan that out, identify your classification and all the requirements that you have to take uh, in order for you to comply. That, that's pretty much it. Um, and in terms of time and, 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 and cost, that would all depend on, on how many different devices you have that you're offering and what the classifications are. You know, um, if it doesn't require a submission to the FDA as an example or a notified body assessment, then that obviously would be quicker because the, the, you have to consider the time of the FDA to turn things around as well as a notified body uh, and their costs, respective costs. But if you're doing a straight class one general controls, you should go pr fairly, fairly quickly. And, and a lot of RAs and consultants can write your procedures for you to address the general controls requirement for, for class one. But when you get into uh, higher risk devices or, or if you have sterilization or measuring function, uh, you know, you have to consider the time and cost of the notified body and, and the documentation you have to, to, to prove or show for the notified body. No, I think it's, uh, it's exactly that. And, uh, and uh, yeah, so the idea is, uh, is that don't panic. <laughs> Stay calm. We can help you. It's not a problem. But yeah, it's it's a it's a, a long way. And at the end, as we said, not all the your competitors will do that. So then you'll have an advantage on them because you are able to sell. And we have uh, on the long term when they maybe will sell for a few months or one year, and then they will be stopped immediately by the the regulators because of that. So you have some kind of advantage if you go ahead uh, on that uh, on that situation so it's not too late you can do it you just have to start today and not think if i can say that you can still uh, push uh, push that uh, that line back um okay michael so it was really uh, interesting i hope for me as i've said the idea here is not to blame anybody the idea is to help to provide some guidance to tell exactly where um, you should go what you should do and to uh, to avoid some misconception or misinterpretation to also understand that this is a a timely process, costly process also. So it's not something that will cost you just uh, one hour of consulting that will to, to write a document unless you have all the documents and we have just to review maybe that. But yeah, it's, it's something that you have to understand. So now that you understand that, now you can choose your consultant, choose your people that will work with you, choose your US agent or authorized representative, and then understand what exactly you need to ask them and also maybe understand why they will ask you this question or that question. This is really the objective of, of today's, uh, today's podcast. Um, okay, Michael, so what, where people can follow up with you? And um, you are one of those consultants that people can contact also if, uh, if, they, are, if they are needing any support related to uh, online, uh, online sales. Hey, I'm fairly active on LinkedIn. In fact, that's where I met Munir some time ago. So I, I do posting on, on subject matters like this. So, uh, but you can reach me directly uh, on, through my website, medicalregs.com, or you can uh, find me on LinkedIn. I, I don't have my uh, actual profile address uh, memorized right now, but- uh, I will put that on the show notes. I will put that on the show notes. Yeah, so, yeah you, you, you'll find me quicker on LinkedIn because I'm pretty much plugged into LinkedIn 24-7. Uh, so, uh, you know, you can- uh, 
ask me questions regarding your situation and I'll, I'll do my best to, to help you out and provide uh, quick answers for you. Great. Um, so, uh, yeah, I appreciate you again uh, inviting me, uh, Munir. Hopefully, uh, we're able to, to shed some light on some areas about medical device uh, being sold on online platforms. So, I, I think uh, um, we can expect a lot more suppliers coming uh, and knocking at our doors. And we'll, we'll, Monir and I will do our best to, to help yeah. those suppliers. And again, like Monir said, we're not blaming anybody uh, here. It's not your fault as a supplier that exactly. you, previously you're not aware of regulatory requirements. In fact, even today, a lot of RAs have been in the field and started learning some of the you know, new regulations between MDD and MDR and, and whatever else is changing across the globe. So you know, uh, we're all learning, uh, but certainly uh, we, we can speak and help you uh, regarding your online medical device sales that, that hopefully will allow you to keep, keep selling right. uh, and not be interrupted. Yeah. Great. Okay. So thank you, Michael. And uh, uh, for everybody that is listening, don't hesitate also to go uh, on the show notes for uh, looking at uh, the, the, the information that we place there. If you have any question, you can also go on the comments and uh, just uh, place your comments. If there is something that is for Michael, I will send that also to Michael or I inform him that there is a comment from him on the platform. And don't hesitate also to share um, all these episodes, the podcast episode with your colleagues, uh, because I suppose there is also other people that maybe don't know uh, this podcast and maybe want to learn about medical devices and uh, that can be interesting for them. I hope because the objective is really that to help you, educate you, teach you and tell you exactly what is uh, what is going uh, uh, on the market actually. Okay, Michael, so it was really a pleasure to have you and I wish you a nice day. Likewise, it's a pleasure. Thank you, Munir. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. So if you like this episode, please provide a review on the platform where you are listening to it. And also don't forget to share it with your colleagues. Thank you very much. 